Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to Leadership File with conversations I hope will change the way you lead and be inspired to lead better. I'm Andy Peck. One of the benefits of having been on air 10 years is that the Leadership File can see how charities develop over time. Today's guest was on the Leadership File in the very early days of the founding of the charity Emerging Leaders. The founder's name is Trevor Wardock and the charity has spent the past decade working out how to bring leadership development into the most vulnerable grassroots communities starting in East and South Africa, piloting in the UK and launching this year into West Africa. Uh, the name of the charity is Emerging Leaders. Uh, those who come to the training are given the following invitation. Wherever they are and whatever may have happened in their life, they have the choice to pick up a pen and write a different future. So welcome back, Trevor, to the Leadership Farm. Thanks, Andy. Good to be here again. Uh, you, you think back to those early days. Uh, did you anticipate the way things have developed? Uh, the answer's got to be yes and no. I mean, we always had a vision of mm. what the future would look mm. like, but the reality is always a lot more messy. Mm. So uh, I'm always encouraged when I look back to early documents around mm. our vision and strategy and go like, oh, well, gosh, we, we are on mm. track. We are doing what we said we would do. But it's, like I say, it's far more messy, the reality. Yeah. And when you say we, obviously, initially it was you. you yes. You, you went to, yeah. um, I remember you talking about, you know, pitching up at uh, minister's offices and trying to get a hearing yes so it was very much like that in the early days i mean i would get on a plane to uganda on a friday night work solidly for 48 hours and get back on monday morning because in the early days we were entirely self-funded so it was me going out there coming back earning enough money to get out and do more um, and yes turning up in ministers offices wanting to speak to the minister of youth here wanting to speak to mps there and sitting and waiting and trying to make it happen yes sure. um I, I talked about this pen metaphor, which certainly when you were on the show before was a metaphor that, that, that kind of lit up my creative juices, so to speak. Um, so that remains a key part of your teaching? It is a key part of our teaching because we're talk talking about leadership. And one of the biggest hindrances or blockages is everyone has a perception of the word leadership. So most people that we train view leader as the president, the chief, the different people. They view it in terms of the role of leader. Everyone else is a leader. Therefore, I'm not. And quite honestly, a lot of leaders, even in the West, think that. I had dinner with someone the other night, and he said, well, of course, everyone isn't a leader, are they? Now, if you hold that view that everyone in your organization isn't a leader, you've already set cast the die in terms of bringing out their potential. So how do you invest in the leadership potential of everyone when they've got this leadership word that may stick in their head? So I go back to Howard Gardner's definition. It's the definition that we've always used, which is this, that leadership is the ability to create a story that affects the thoughts, feelings, and actions of others. Because it doesn't matter where you're born in the world, how poor you are, everyone understands the notion of story. So we're getting across to people, look, your life is a real story. Today, another page is being written. Tomorrow, another page. Every day, your life story is being written. So the question is this, who's got the pen? Because obviously you use a pen to write a story. So that's why we use that analogy. Uh, and we say, who's got the pen? Because if you don't have the pen, then someone else does. So, you know, whether that's sugar daddies and the spread of HIV AIDS or people just giving up to systemic hopelessness in the townships of South Africa or intergenerational poverty, people's pens are being either given away or taken away all the time. 
So that notion of who's got the pen is a way that we can talk to everyone about leadership in a way that they understand without having to use the word leadership. And that, and that goes to quite young people. It goes to very young people, and, and it's going to even younger now because one of the things in our work in the last 10 years we've realized is that, generation, uh, that poverty becomes intergenerational. And, and therefore becomes embedded deeply within a community in a, in a systemic way. And children are leaving school already with embedded poverty mindsets. Mm-hmm. So the die is cast. So we've created a program called Lead Now, which maybe we could talk about another week. But this program will bring leadership development to 8 to 13-year-olds. And that's being piloted in Kenya right now and in UK this year. So my argument has always been for 10 years, look, if we understand that leadership is based on principles, then you can teach it to a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, And you take people through a a three-day program still? That's the kind of... Um, We, for a long time, used the three-day program. In the first phase, we were working out what that program would look like. How can you see the greatest transformation in the shortest period of time? So we created a three-day program called Leadership for Hope. Now, actually, we've moved from that in the last three years, really, Uh, as we looked at the issue of scale and scalability and flexibility. uh, It's very expensive to run the three-day program, both in terms of cost and in terms of people's time. So what we've created is a certificate in community leadership. And what I wanted is, you know, just like anywhere else in the world, if you were more privileged and you loved leadership, you'd go to university and do an MBA degree. So I always had in my mind, what would it look like for the poorest people in the world to have a community MBA? So that's what we've created, basically, is that people who've never finished school, you know, dropped out at 13 years old for whatever reason, their parents couldn't afford it or they had to go work in the fields or whatever the reasons, um, they can now get a certificate in community leadership. And and it's based on four half-day modules with two half-day follow-up. We call them cafes. And the, the modules are, module one is lead yourself. And module two is lead your teams. And we talk about teams. It might be your family, might be your youth group, church group, community group, gang, whatever it is. Uh, And module three then is lead your finance. And module four is lead your project. Because what we're saying is everything we do is has a bias towards action. We are not just teaching about leadership. We want people to become leaders. Everyone, you know, we have a deep conviction that we want to release the leadership potential in everyone within communities so that's what we do over four half days and then these follow-up cafes and and presumably you have stories of 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 folk who've come to you who perhaps you you might have thought this you know they've had a really rough time in life and things have changed around over that over that period yes i mean Thousands of stories. I yeah. think in the last 10 years, we've probably invested in 25,000 people right. yeah. uh, in Africa. And, and as you commented, we started this year in or 2015 in the UK. Um, the indirect impact of in reaching into 25,000 is you multiply that by 20. That's what our data shows in terms of ongoing impact. Mm-hmm. So we, we've probably impacted about half a million people now. So we have stories all the time. And, and they never fail to bring me to tears to be honest sure. is, I mean can you can you hint at, at one or two of those without you know without me, 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 me drawing you to tears but I mean yes, you know, sure. who, who comes to mind well uh, for instance in three years ago in Sierra Leone 20, 
2012, I trained 300 young people mm. off the streets in Sierra Leone in these principles and uh, did a follow-up and then heard no more. I got a Facebook message from someone who said, uh, and this was two weeks ago, in, they said I was in the training and I just wanted to let you know it changed my life. And mm. so I had said, well, wonderful, how? And he went on to say, I've shared that training with 1,000 other young people in Whoa. Sierra Leone. He said, I set up groups that led the youth response in Freetown to the Ebola crisis, and I've set up two youth groups that are um, generating income for the, for the youth. So that's one story. We've got people like Peter in uh, Dandora, and Dandora is built on the city rubbish dump of Nairobi. So Peter would tell you, he said that he was smashing his life to bits, he was uh, addicted to drugs, and he was one of many, many hopeless young people in that community. Well, if I tell you now that uh, Peter's probably indirectly impacted 15,000, directly 5,000, is running nine income-generating projects. He then shares the training and draws his friend Stephen from that same area into the training. We train him. Stephen comes from a very broken background. Stephen will tell you that many of his friends die every year through gun and knife crime. And um, so Stephen is now training people in that same community. And recently he's just trained a whole gang. And the village chief said to him, or the, not village, the community chief said to him, what are you doing messing around with these guys? You know they're all known criminals. If you mix with them, you become a marked man. And he said, well, what are you doing for them? Um, you know, they've got a story. It's going to be written. Let's help them write a different one. Now, every one of those gang members is now uh, employed in a job with a different future. And that's the beauty of the program is we are training people in the grassroots to train the grassroots. So someone like Stephen is liberating the leadership potential of a, of a gang. So, it you know, obviously that's I could go absolutely. on and on. No, it's absolutely thrilling to hear. And it, it, was, it came, came from your conviction that for, if if – these countries in Africa, but I guess, I mean, this is a principle worldwide. If people are to be helped, then leadership is a key way because it's no good giving aid yes. to a situation where leadership cannot utilize it. Yeah. I mean, the way I kind of market what we do is we're the program in front of your program, whatever that program is. Mm -hmm. um, so whether that's school and releasing mm -hmm. the potential within a school, whether it's youth and th th there are so many issues. I mean, 60% of sub-Saharan Africa is under the age of um, under the age of 25. Mm. If you look at unemployment rates amongst that number of people, in like some of the townships in South Africa, we're talking 80% youth unemployment. Mm. So we're sitting on a time bomb. And my view was nothing's going to change without leadership. If people don't mm. learn to lead their own lives and learn to lead their relationships, then they are never going to be equipped to start leading smaller groups, bigger groups, bigger groups. Where are we raising the next mm. generation? You know, I visited Nelson Mandela's village recently, and it's just – it's a village in the middle of nowhere <laughs> on the east coast yeah. of um, of South Africa. And he was one of countless thousands of young people. And you go, well, what about them? What about them? And uh, the impact of it is – so we worked with World Vision in Kenya mm. and um, and talked about the fact that we, the program, in front of your programs – and the director of World Vision Kenya said this to us after we had worked with him and trained trainers for communities across the whole of Kenya. He said to me over breakfast, he said, I've seen more impact in one month than in five years mm. as a result of the training. And the reason for that is his leaders are now leading and they're releasing the leadership potential of everyone in the project. So everyone is now 
lifting up their head, taking responsibility, being mm. proactive, creating a picture of the future. So suddenly the game changes. Mm-hmm. Well, you're listening to Leadership Follow with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Trevor Wardock. Trevor's the founder of Emerging Leaders, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Yeah. Welcome back this uh, week, uh, Trevor Wardock. Trevor's the founder of the charity Emerging Leaders, which uh, particularly has uh, been working in leadership development in the, the most vulnerable grassroots communities, starting in East and South Africa, piloting in the UK and launching this year into West Africa. We we're talking before the break of the, some of the principles uh, behind which Emerging Leaders is working. Uh, particularly helping everyone to see their leadership potential, particularly the poorest of the poor, particularly uh, younger people who, uh, as they get the potential, are able to do great things in their, the communities where they're placed. Um, Trevor, you, you once wrote the book, uh, The 18 Challenges of Leadership. <laughs> and um, I've been thinking of those. Were any of those especially challenging as you set up emerging leaders? Would you have added more if you're writing the book again? Well, I certainly wouldn't have added less because all 18... 18- <laughs> <laughs> all 18 are needed um, and, and some a bit like your sound controls is you know some you need more at other times mm. uh, along the way but certainly they all apply um, so I, I wouldn't scrub any out um, what would I add in uh, there's a few that I probably would add in and I actually have because I took the work of the 18 challenges of leadership further mm. and created a thing called the integrated global leadership model which um, which really embodies all of these timeless principles and corporates are now using it as well as us using it in the most vulnerable communities. And I think the thing that comes out of that is I would pay more attention to the heart of a leader. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the principles of time, it's quite clear leadership does not exist for me. It exists for the benefit of others. Mm. And, and I would... I would work much harder at making that point. If you look at the foundation of modern economics, it was based on that principle. Now, that's been Mm. thoroughly lost. So I'd want to recover that. Um, We talk about the character of a leader in the 18 challenges, but I do a lot more on that. Mm. Um, You know, how the leader deals with themselves, their own ego uh, is absolutely pivotal Mm. to the growth of any operation. Um, And I think the one I would definitely, if I said what's number 19, I I would say it's delivery, mm. the delivery challenge. Um, Tony Blair used to talk about leadership effectiveness, and I I think that's right. Is ultimately, if leadership is about creating a story that affects the thoughts, feelings, and actions of others, then the the ultimate test of our leadership is: Did we deliver the story? Mm. Has mm. something changed? Has something happened? The culture in which leadership takes place is is a key dimension to any leadership of course um, and there is no one African culture as such and you've you've been to East and South Africa you're going to West Africa I'm just wondering to what extent you have to adapt how you teach for the for the audience um, within that nation or actually do you find there's no massive difference well the key thing about our work right at the beginning when we started in Zambia 2005 is it was based on principles so principles like gravity mm. I was asking myself what are the core principles of leadership because we know they work even if I don't understand the context the principle will work mm. so the stage one was discerning what are the principles so that if it's a principle then that's going to work in Kenya Sierra Leone South Africa Madagascar you know wherever you are in the world it's going to work. So that bit never changes. The issue then is how do I explain the principle? Mm. 
And there are certain things that work very, very well uh, in every single culture. There are bits where you've got to adapt and contextualize. Mm. The biggest thing is finding stories. So as soon as I go into a new country, I find out, so what are the issues here? Mm. So take an issue like HIV AIDS. Well, that's pretty much everywhere, even though the prevalence of it depends on, on different contexts. But understanding the reasons in that particular mm. culture for the spread of HIV AIDS is really, really important. Mm. So that then you start, you gather the data, you learn very quickly, mm. then you shape stories. And, and the shaping of the stories around the principles is key. Um, our certificate in community leadership program in Africa is um, called something different here because we realized that the title didn't work here. Mm. So we had to shift the title. But largely, um, our experience is it works everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that, that, that you don't therefore need to read books and books and books for each nation in order to you know, fashion some understanding of the culture, but particularly because obviously you're going in for short periods of time yes. and coming out again. If you've got the right principle, that's going to work, is what you're saying. I, I think it's right, but you need to do your homework. Yeah. So, you know, we've worked a lot in Rwanda. You need to understand how yeah. Rwanda works. You need to understand history. And so I actually do get any of our traders who go into Rwanda, I get them to read a lot of stuff. I say yeah. you need to understand yeah. the psyche behind the way that the nation is operating mm. through its history, how it's managing that history in the present. Mm. You've got to understand that mm. in order to, to deliver effectively. Now, you're, you've, you've, as I say, from 10 years ago where you were you know, wandering into ministers' offices, you're now 10 years later, you've got a, a bigger team, you've You've got people out on the field who are doing their training. Mm. And I guess the, the, my question is about your individual vision, which you had 10 years ago, and the way you allow or don't allow others to shape it and, and the challenge of that yes. and how you found that. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge and a good question. Um, for me, the vision's never changed, mm. is how do we bring the best leadership development into the world's most vulnerable communities? Our mission remains the same. We want mm. to build flourishing communities by liberating the leadership potential of everyone. That's not changed from day one since walking around the Chihuahua slum in Lusaka in Zambia. It's mm. what I saw. It's what grabbed my heart and my head. It's what we've been working on ever mm. since. So the only people who work for us are people who get that, who are passionate about that. Otherwise, there's no point. So the vision has not changed. The, oh, let me turn that around the other way. The mission hasn't changed. Mm. The vision keeps on growing mm. as to so how do you take that forwards? Um, and the beauty of it is bringing new people in and letting them grow that story with you. And I think I, I had some great mentors at a young age. Mm. And one of my mentors always said is like, you've got to hold on to the why, the mission, mm. and hold on to your values like your life depended on it. The principle obviously of of your lead, fellow leaders picking up their pen is that they might write a different yes. future. And in, to some extent, you want them to do that, but to some extent, it has to be based on the original script. Well, the, the original script is about a mission and a mm. set of values. Mm. It's not about a strategy. Mm. You mentioned, you know, starting up, you were kind of financing this yourself through your work as executive coach in, in London. Um, but clearly, you needed other financial help. Mm. The decisions you made in terms of what route you went for? Um, gosh, that is a massive question. It may be too uh, it's a, few, it's a few minutes towards the end, but I suppose you, you didn't opt for you, you kind of opt for the people giving to the charity, so that's a 
people listening now could give to your charity? Oh, and, and would be massively. Mm. You know, £20, you could put someone through the same leadership yeah. development program that someone would pay thousands of pounds for. £2 would put a child through this pro- process in, in school. So there's that level of donation. But to be honest, the, the, the issue is how do you raise the bigger project mm. money? Mm. So, you know, we're launching Lead Now, this program for schools. So we need a donor right now. Mm. So that takes a few hundred thousand, and that will get that program launched into Africa as well as the UK very easily. So in terms of the big donors, we're actually very small. We don't need much, but but you still need bigger donors. We were very fortunate to attract the attention of Marks and Spencers mm-hmm. and the British government, DFID, uh, and the Dutch Development Agency, IDH, as well as some other people along the way, that have helped us move to a much bigger scale. So that that's helped us hugely. But the opportunities in front of us are even bigger now. Mm. One thing then leads to another. So we have an opportunity right now that's just been signed off by the Minister of Youth for Rwanda that we will directly um, impact and uh, invest in 432,000 young people in Rwanda, which will have an indirect impact on 4 million young people in Rwanda. So it's a phenomenal opportunity. Mm. The door is wide open. But you know, that will cost a lot of money to do that. Mm. Same with Lead Now. The door is wide open. So we have such wide open doors that you've got to find bigger donors. Mm. And sometimes there, and there are different ways of doing that. Sure. And you don't want donors with their own agenda particularly. I mean, who may be wanting to do something but actually would would twist it because they have their... Yes, it's, it's, so we work very well with Marks and Spencers because they want to be the most sustainable retailer mm. in the world. And, you know, we, we think they're great at it and mm. love partnering with them because we can go with them into mm. the mm. villages and slums that they employ from and have a huge impact, mm. both in terms of our mission and their mission. So I think that kind of thing works well because you're both on the same mission what's hard is when someone says you know come over here and start doing this or come over there and and then then you have to say no we've had some big offers but it was to do things that we didn't regard as very ethical so you've got that but then there are philanthropists out there who just think well we're we passionately believe in leadership and Mm. uh, and we want to release that or csr budgets or you know where people believe in the agenda of liberating leadership potential then they make great partners. Sure. Well, the time's come to an end, uh, Trevor, but you've hinted a little bit at what's next. Um, the Lead Now is, is obviously something on your agenda. Lead Now is massive. And um, so Lead Now, this school's program, uh, I mean, what we do is big, but I think Lead Now mm. will be the biggest thing we've ever done because this, you know, I want it in every school in the world. Because if you mm. don't liberate the leadership potential of every child, one is you won't break the cycles of poverty where mm. they need breaking. And the other thing is, you know, what are we equipping children to do? Are we equipping them to leave school with an exam or are we equipping them to lead their lives? And given the the phenomenal scale of youth unemployment Mm. that's already on us and is only going to get bigger, Mm. if children are not leaving school, knowing how to lead their own lives, knowing how to lead their own futures, Mm. then... You know, things things look grim, but I want to turn that around positively and say we have a, a, a huge opportunity right mm, now mm. and an open door to bring leadership development into the core curriculum through this Lead Now program. And I can't think of anything more amazing than that. Mm, wonderful. And, and in the UK? So the UK is up and running mm. and uh, looking at – so we're in the piloting phase. Mm. So we're looking for pilots at the moment. 
and there may be so we want to work with the neat group those who are not in education employment mm -hmm. and training so we want to work with them Mm -hmm. um, so we want to work with the most vulnerable youth group. So we're looking to be in prison right now with young offenders. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to equip them before they leave those institutions on how to write a different story. Otherwise, they come out and they sure. get pulled back into an old story. So we want to be in there. We want to be in schools. Mm -hmm. um, we want to partner with organizations that are working with uh, migrant workers. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at a whole bunch of angles right now of piloting and building the case wherever we are in terms of uh, what we do you, you've got to pilot it and show people look this really works well Chobe, it's been it's thrilling to to hear of, of all that's uh, that's happened in the last 10 years so thank you so much for great thank you for sharing Andy. and thank um you. your website so that people can find yes out more. so www net. well and do have a look at the, the blog. If you want more stories, just go on the blog on the website and you'll see lots of stories. Well, um, terrific to have you along. Thank you for, for being here and thank you for listening. Do uh, tune in again next Sunday at uh, 3.30. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.